other day, I made a U-turn into a into a parking spot using, get ready for it, Let's... just my butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you beautiful nerds. The MCU's first Asian superhero has come to the big screen. Like, a few months ago. But since I'm a big old po' boy sandwich, I had to wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. I'm like bougie poor. Like I have Netflix, but not health insurance. Anyway, now that I've finally watched this milestone movie, I am very excited to talk about the good, the bad, and the oh so incredible parts of this new action flick. So have a drink and have a joint and let's talk about it. Sean is a big old man-child who regularly gets fucked up with his best friend Katie. But one day he's forced to confront his past when he's drawn back into the web of the mysterious worldwide criminal organization, the Ten Rings, which just so happens to be run by his psychopathic dad. He trained Shang-Chi to be this total badass when he was just a kid, mainly out of guilt and grief from his wife being murdered. So one day Shang-Chi just kind of fucked off because he couldn't deal with his crazy father anymore, but he did leave his sister behind. His father comes back into his life because he's trying to open this gate because he thinks his dead wife is back there. But in actuality, it's an ancient soul-sucking demon that's fucking with his head. It's a pretty tragic motivation to do bad shit. Mainly because he spends so much time reacting to the death of his wife that he neglected the family he still had. This movie is very much about time, grief, guilt, life after death, and regret. So many of the problems in this story stem from people running away from the people that they care about the most. And you see the ripple effects of that trauma throughout all of the main characters. Dustin Daniel Cretton deserves all the credit in the world for how great this movie turned out. Short Term 12 is the only one of his flicks I've actually seen, and that was really good. But from watching that, I would have never expected he had all these tricks up his sleeve. A lot of times, Marvel likes to pretend that, ooh, this movie is way different than the others. This one's like... This one's more like a heist movie, but they all very much feel the same. This one actually does feel like a kung fu movie though. The fight scenes are amazing, and the way that the camera catches all the action is really creative. For those of you who actually tried to watch Iron Fist, you've already seen Marvel trot out a martial arts master that didn't really seem like a master of any martial arts. On top of that, every Marvel character knows martial arts. Like, everyone is really good at kung fu. So I went in thinking that the fight scenes would be good, but probably nothing too spectacular. Yeah, Shang-Chi is fucking nice with it. The shit that he was doing had me excited in a way I haven't been since the first time I saw the raid. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that Shang-Chi could straight up wash any MCU character in a fist fight. It was also interesting how they used the fight scenes as character-defining moments. Like, you can actually see Shang-Chi's parents fall in love as they're fighting each other in that first scene. And when, like, Shang-Chi is fighting his dad in the style that he taught him in, he loses. But when he starts fighting like his mom, he gains the advantage. Love the use of the dragon too. And just great decision not to call him Fin Fang Foom. Cause that just sounds racist. Is that racist? I mean, I feel like I, can someone check if that's racist? And then later when he's using both his mom's powers and the 10 rings, it made me feel like a kid. <laughs> Speaking of our main guy, Shang-Chi is uh, hes a pretty fucking cool dude. Like, he seems like a real person in this movie, which some of these MCU characters don't really manage to do in their first time out. I mean, Simu Liu is super charismatic and funny, which I kind of already knew. He's pretty good on Kim's convenience, but his chemistry with Aquafina is tremendous. Go home. Get some rest. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we probably should do that. Or... 
It did kind of feel like she had more lines than him, which was weird, but it's still very much Simu's flick. Also, you gotta love that he tweeted about getting the role and then ended up getting the role. Like, I, I didn't think that I was gonna get the role. Like, it's just, you know, it's like, do you want to win the lottery? And I'm like, sure, yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Everyone in the cast was really good, actually. I don't know where the fuck Mung Jong has been, but she was a fucking beast. You got knocked the fuck out! Let's just go ahead and put her in all the action movies for the next 10 years. Seriously, though, she is an astonishing actor, and her physicality in this flick is absolutely amazing. Her character was pretty complex, dealing with the betrayal of her brother and the belligerence of her grief-stricken father. She's probably the most dynamic character in the whole flick. And I'm very excited to see where her story goes in the next one and what potential implications a Ten Rings organization under her rule could mean. And let me just take a minute to tell you guys how much you should be worshipping Michelle Yeoh. She is a fucking legend and should be treated as such. Her Jackie Chan and Samo Hung revolutionized Hong Kong cinema in the 1980s and I literally squealed when she showed up. You even have the Hulk, Thor, right? Black Widow, finally, yes, Shang-Chi. I am very, very happy that finally we have our own superhero. But what you guys have probably been wondering since you clicked on this video is what the fuck is that title about? Explain yourself. There is a trope that's been present in film for decades and that's the desexualized Asian male character. There's this really great channel called The Take that has a pretty extensive video essay on the subject. You should check that out because those ladies are way smarter than me. But Asian men have been portrayed as sexually inferior or simply desexualized in film since like forever in cinema. And I feel like this movie kind of falls under the model minority umbrella a bit. As journalist Matthew Salesis wrote in The Guard while commenting on the trope, the model minority Asian American male might become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, but he can't get the girl. The popularity of the kung fu movie began in large part with Chinese martial artist and actor Bruce Lee, and he was rarely given love interests or romantic partners in his films. In Lee's most famous film, Enter the Dragon, his co-competitors Roper and Williams both spend the night with prostitutes, while his character stays focused on the mission. Again, you should watch the takes video on because it goes way more in depth, but I can definitely say that it's something I noticed in action films when I was growing up. There are a few examples of the asexual Asian stereotype, but the one that I noticed the most when I was a kid and the one that is oddly present in this movie is the martial arts star. Jackie Chan and Jet Li never got the girl in any of the movies I watched growing up. Or if they did, the moment at the end where we usually get a romantic kiss between the two leads, it was always strangely non-romantic. At the end of Romeo Must Die and Kiss of the Dragon, the movie ends in a bizarrely platonic way, considering the romantic buildup. But apparently the test audiences for Romeo Must Die didn't like the kiss scene that they shot, so they took it out. Oh, and wouldn't you know it, here's a scene where Katie talks about how she's attracted to Sean, but somehow ended up on the cutting room floor. I wonder, I wonder how that happened. I can't see why my brother likes you. Are you into him too? What? Um... Like, like that? We have a, we have a really good friendship. I don't want to 
go and screw things up by complicating it. I was getting ready to praise this movie for not only actually giving Shang-Chi a love interest, but also for making it Aquafina instead of someone like Constance Wu or Gemma Chan, who would normally get cast in that role because, I mean, let's be honest, they look like freaking supermodels. But no, this movie was unfortunately disappointing in two different ways. You didn't really think you was gonna get them panties now, did you? It's a little nitpicky, especially since I would normally probably be giving a movie praise for not forcing a romantic love interest thingy. But it's something I couldn't help but notice considering how much it happened in movies when I was growing up. Despite a few things, I still really dug this movie. The story is better than most MCU films, and the action is, whew, it is next level. It is so dope. I would say that this movie exceeded my expectations, but I mean, I expected it to be good, but it's just better than most MCU movies. I can't say where it lands in my favorites yet, especially since it seems like, the, I mean, next year there's gonna be a Marvel movie coming out every half hour. But I will definitely say that it's like, definitely somewhere in between Civil War and like Homecoming. It's somewhere in there. Somewhere somewhere in that area. My ranking, I loved it. Oh, and Marvel, if you want to give us a Mob Boss Crime War series with Xiling and Sharon Carter, I wouldn't be mad at that. All right, that's it for this video. Thank you so much for watching. Feel free to like, subscribe, comment. You can dislike if you want to. I don't give a shit. And don't forget to check out our podcast where me and my brother talk shit about nerd shit. Stay safe, my beautiful nerds, and may the force be with you.